Praise the Lord, everybody. Awesome. If you're sitting down, let's all stand, please, real quick. Just real quick. I won't keep you standing long. And I want you just to clap your hands if you're in your cars. I know you've been honking. But honk those horns and let's lift our voice and give God praise for a great day today. This is the day the Lord has made. Praise the Lord. God is good. It'll work. God is good, isn't he? I just want to, you, you may be seated, I just want to tell all of you how much we appreciate you. And uh, thank you for bringing all the non-perishable foods to help us. Uh, we'll be doing a food drive this week. I saw something on Facebook the other day that I thought was really cool uh, in a city in Brazil where people were about 10 feet apart and they were kneeling on the main street of this city. Did y'all see that? And they were in prayer. And it, it was a beautiful sight. So I thought, how, how blessed would we be if we were able to go to Norman, right on Main Street, right? And just kneel down on both sides of the street and just go into prayer, not just for our city, but for our state, for our nation. And don't forget, this is not an epidemic. This is a pandemic. This is not national. This is international. And if we went into prayer just for the globe, that the gospel of Jesus would reach the entire globe during this season. So we're going to try to organize that and put that together. So just stay connected to us on social media. I was just telling Chief and my beautiful wife right here, stand up, baby. I love you. Love you. Type your hands for my wife. I love my wife so much. Um, but I, I was telling them, you know, so many people are staying so closely connected on social media. And I really, really appreciate the way you share and the way you like and the way you comment. I was listening to Michael Todd and Bishop Jakes last night, and both of them have decided, you know, they're not starting their services till sometime in June, and we're going to do our best to get going, as Crystal said, on the 17th. But here's the thing. The Church of Jesus Christ is not located in that building, and you need to get that. You need to understand that. We are many members, and we form one body, not one building. And we need to understand that we stay connected spiritually. And you can do that. God has given us that avenue. We can do that through social media. And we're thankful for that. So I just wanted to, again, remind you of how important it is for you to stay involved by staying in touch on the website, that church app, and on social media. Please do that. Please like. Please share. Please comment. Why are you hammering that home, Pastor Rick? We saw something phenomenal in the two weeks that succeeded Easter. We saw 90 people give their heart to Jesus Christ through social media, through our social media. 90 people, oh, 100, over 100 people. So there's more, over 100 people, come on, clap your hands, have given their heart to Jesus Christ. So I had to question in my mind, you know, would we have seen that in this building? Would 100 people have walked to this altar and given their life to Jesus in a two or three week period? I don't know. Maybe so. But we need to be very grateful that God is using this avenue. Amen. And using, if you look at all the social media ministries, they're all fabulous. But I must say, I am extremely proud of our media team. 
I'm proud of our staff. These guys, they don't work five hours a day. Some of these guys are working around the clock to be sure that we're presenting the gospel with excellence and the full efficacy that we can in order to see the harvest come in in this hour. So I just wanted to take that pause and just interject that. I'm about to get into the word of the Lord, and I'm very excited about what I'm going to share with you. Pray for me because I'm so excited about this word. I might just leap off this stage and take off running around this parking lot because I know that God has spoken to me. So I'm going to go to 2 Kings chapter 4 and pray for my iPad as well. It got too hot, and I can't see my notes. So... Um, 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to do my best to read this, and then I'm going to do my best to pray that God helps me to remember my notes. Amen? Let's stand one more time and let's pray, okay? 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read the text, and then we're going to pray. We always stand in reverence for God's word. Can you say amen to that? 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Now listen what she says. The creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for you, or what do you want me to do for you? And then watch what he says. Tell me what is in your house. And she said, your handmaid have not anything in the house save a little oil. Everyone say a little oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from your neighbors, empty vessels. Now underline this or remember this, borrow not a few. Borrow not a few. And when you are come in, come in where? Your house. Shut the door upon you and your sons and pour out. Say those two words. Say it one more time. Pour out into those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full, my God. So she went from him, and she shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she did what? She poured out. Say it again, pour out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There are no more vessels, and the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God. Listen what the man of God said. Go, sell the oil, pay your debt, and live, you and your children, on the rest. I'm going to preach a message this morning along the line of stretch, but the title of the message is, What is in your house? What is in your house? So look at someone next to you and just say those words. What is in your house? Now, lift those hands and let us pray. Father, we thank you for an open heaven right here over this parking lot. And I pray, God, that this preaching will be effective. That people will have to make a choice today about their future. I thank you, God, that you love us so much that you have liberated us from all of our sin. You have set us free. And we are no longer slaves to sin. So, Lord, as we speak against every generational spirit and we bind every generational curse, here's what we do. We release a generational blessing over these people. 
that does not last to the third and fourth generation, but your word says it lasts for a thousand generations. We release that blessing today, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your provision. Thank you for your loving kindness and your mercy. Speak to us today. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, everyone shall praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. What is in your house? When I was preparing this, the Lord told me to tell you, tell them I am about to stretch what they have. When Jesus can get a few loaves and a few fish, Jonathan, he can stretch it to feed a multitude. When we get what is out of our hand into his hand, he can multiply it and do more with it than we can by holding on to it. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse number 1, it says there cried a certain woman. So I started looking at that word certain. Here's what it means. This one woman. In other words, the Bible is saying there were other women. But this one woman got the prophet's attention. This one woman cried. This certain lady did something that no one else was doing. She had all the right connections. The Bible says that she was married to one of the sons of the prophets. So I thought about that. And I thought these words that her connections did not exempt her from facing problems. And what you must realize is that just because we are connected, just because we are part of the family, that does not mean that we are exempt from going through difficult seasons of life. It doesn't mean that you are not going to see some suffering in your days. All of us are going to go through something. That's what 1 Peter chapter 5 tells us. But I noticed something about this certain lady, this one lady right here. The Bible says that she cried to the prophet. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, be careful who you are crying to and be careful about what you are crying for. The Bible says she cried specifically toward a prophet. The prophet is the office of seeing. The prophet is the office that gives you hope. Prophet in scripture means an inspired seer. It means one who is under the influence of the divine. She did not take her cry to a place that could not speak hope back into her. She took her cry. She took her pain. She took her weeping. She took her voice to a prophet that had the ability to give her hope. My question to you today is who are you crying to? Why are we crying to this entity and that institution when we know there's only one thing that can help us during this season? And that is the Lord God Almighty. I wish I had somebody. Revelation tells us that Jesus is the great prophet. And it's time for us to turn our cry back to the great prophet named Jesus Christ. And we need to cry unto him until he turns and heals our land. The prophecy operates in this office of not just oversight. He doesn't just give foresight. I hope y'all are with me right now. But he gives her insight. 
Do you hear what I'm telling you? He doesn't just give her oversight. He doesn't just give her foresight. He gives her insight. The prophetic anointing is an anointing that puts pressure on you to produce. The prophetic office listed in Ephesians chapter 4 is an office that puts pressure on you that makes you want to produce. Here's her problem. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1. Watch what she says to the prophet. Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take to him my two sons. Here's what she's saying. My present security is gone. That's my husband. Are y'all hearing Pastor Rick today? My past is coming to collect. That's my debt. And my future is being threatened because he's saying he's going to take my sons. This is where we are today. It seems like our present security that we were all trusting in. How many people have lost their jobs? Over 20 million people have lost their jobs. And it seems like the debt is now being called for. The past is coming back to haunt many people. Many people are looking at their future. Her sons represented her future. And she said, not only is my past coming after me, my present is insecure, but now my sons who represent my future are also being attacked. And I thought about us, and I thought about where we are in the globe, where we are in the nation, where we are in our city. It seems like everything has changed. Are y'all with me? But watch the prophet's response. Elisha said unto her, two questions. Number one, what do you want me to do? Number two, what is in your house? Number one, God is asking this question. What do you want me to do? And I heard this when the cry of our heart is sincere. It opens the door for anything to happen. When we cry to God, God says to us, what do you want me to do for you? When I think about Bartimaeus crying in Mark chapter 10, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And I came by to tell you today in this parking lot that God is saying, what do you want me to do for you? It's time for us to be specific, not operating in ambiguity, but operating in notes of assignment where we say, God, this is specifically what we need you to do for us. The door of heavenly privilege is open during a quarantine season. Your house is locked, but heaven is open. And heaven is saying, I am ready to do for you whatever you ask. What do you want me to do for you? The second question that the prophet asked, watch this. What is in your house? God always answers, what if, with what is. We say, what if? It falls apart. What if I lose my job? 
What if I get sick? What if? And God says, what is? Whoo, I came by to tell you today. The Lord is asking you a question during this what if season. What is? So I went to scripture and I found this. Psalm 46 verse 1. I'll tell you what is. God is our refuge and our strength. God is a very present help in trouble. I found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Let's quit acting like we're the only ones going through this. The whole world is dealing with this. And he said nothing that you are going through is uncommon to everybody else. But watch this. God is faithful. So what is God is? God is a refuge. God is a very present help. God is faithful. 1 John 1, 5 says, this is, what is, this is the message we have heard from him. And now we declare to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. I came by to tell you, God is your refuge. God is your very present help. God is faithful. God is your light during a dark season. God is. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is sharp. What is? The word is. The word of God is sharp. The word of God is alive. What is? The word of God is alive. That's what he is. So if you're saying what if today, Pastor Rick came by to encourage you with two little words. What is? What if is a question of uncertainty. What is, is a question of resolution, conviction, galvanized faith. So I came by to tell you today when you go home, walk in your house and look around and say, this is what is. We've got food on our table. God is still our provider. His name is still Jehovah Jireh. God is Jehovah Sitkanu. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu. God is sovereign. God is in control. Man, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost in the praise zone today. What is, watch what he says, in your house. Woo! The prophet says, she says, all this is happening. What if, he says, what is, what is in your house? Everybody say these words, look inside. He will never ask you for something you don't have. Preach, Pastor Rick. He will never ask you for anything you don't have. Everything you need is everything you have. And everything you have is everything you need. Bless your name, Jesus. Your answer is not in someone else's house. Your answer is not at somebody else's address. Your answer is in your house. And as I was praying, I heard the Holy Ghost say, tell them, look inside. Stop looking outside and start looking inside. Start looking, stop looking outside. And where's our help going to come? Who's going, when is this going to change? Mad at everybody. Stop looking outside. Start looking inside. Because everything you need is everything you have. Your employer 
gives you what you need, but your calling, your purpose gives you what you dream of. Talk in a building. Your employer gives you what you need. Your job gives you what you need. But your God gives you what you dream of. Ask yourself, what is in me that has the ability to be productive in this season? My God. I said it like this this morning that your employer gives you what you need to make a living. But your purpose, your empowerment gives you what you need to make a life. Do you want a life or do you want a living? I don't know about you all, but I want a living. And I want a life, don't you? And only God can give that. So the answer comes. What is in your house is the question. Man, I, I wish we had a B3 out here now. Help me, Jesus. So let, let me just share this with you. I want you to be encouraged today. Look at someone in your truck or in your car and look at them and just tell them, be encouraged today. Our best is yet to come. Watch how this prophet talks to her. I'm going to talk to you like this prophet talks to her. Somebody going to get this word. First thing he says is, girl, <laughs> stop thinking small. Everybody shall think big. You serve a big God. The God you serve measures the universe by the span of his hand. You serve a big God. How dare you dream a small dream while serving a big God? He said, girl, think big. How do I know that? Because he said, go get you some vessels. But watch what he says. Not a few. Not a few. Don't get a couple of them. In other words, he's saying change your scarcity mentality. See, this phase, this pandemic, this time we've been in has caused many people to change their perspective. Like all of a sudden, we have to live on rations. Like all of a sudden, we're going to barely make it. Well, let me help you. The prophet said, I hear the sound of abundance. You may not see it now, but I came by to tell you there's a cloud the size of a man's hand, and it's about to rain blessing on the people of God. Don't be thinking small when you will serve a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that works where? In you. Preach, Pastor Rick. To him be glory by Christ Jesus. Number one, young lady, think big. Number two, shut the dead gum door. Somebody say it. Shut the dead gum door. He tells her, when you go in your house, where we been lately? In our house. Shut the door. What God is trying to do in you and through you is requiring intimacy. In other words, lock out every distraction. Hmm. Shut the door on everything that's not like God or that is ungodly in your life. How do you do that? Cut them off. Unfriend them. Delete them. Block them. Shut the door on doubt. 
shut the door on skepticism. Shut the door. Shut the door on your critics. You don't have to sit there and let people critique you. The only person in the world that can put value on your life and estimate your person in this earth is God himself. Shut the door. Woo! Somebody shouted, shut the door. Number one, think big. Number two, shut the dead gum door. Number three, watch this, and this is it. You got three things to do. What's number one? Think big. What's number two? Shut the door. Number three, pour out. She said, I have a little oil. Well, let me help you, honey. One drop of oil can take you through your entire life. Oil in scripture is always symbolic of revelation. Oil in scripture is always symbolic of the anointing. Oil in scripture is always symbolic of illumination. Oil in scripture is given always to give light, not just sustenance. All you need is a drop of the anointing to carry you through the rest of your life. And I prayed today, I said, God, would you just drop off a few little droplets of oil in the parking lot at Quest Church? Would you just drop just some oil on our life again? Bring the anointing back because the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing sets the people free. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were possessed. I came by to tell you all you need is a little oil. Tell somebody get your oil back. She said to him all I have is a little oil. And watch what he says. Pour out what you have. Pour out what you have. You know what we're doing right now? We're holding on with everything we have to whatever we have. You don't serve a God that ever tells you to hold on to stuff like that. The only thing he tells you to hold on to is him. Woo! And he says, pour out what you have. As long as you pour out, God will pour in. In other words, the oil stops when you stop. When you stop pouring out, my God, Elder Hawkins, I see you back there, my brother. That's my cousin. I'm sorry, y'all. Help me. When you stop pouring out, God stops pouring in. You produce a life from what you pour out. Talk, Pastor Rick. Talk. Prophesy. You produce a life by what you pour out. Not what you hoard, not what you hold on to, but what you let go of. Jesus said, the man that loses his life will find his life. It's not what you're keeping, it's what you're giving during this season. Jesus, help us today. He said, pour out. You produce a future by what you pour out. Help me, Jesus. Y'all just missed that there. You produce a future by what you pour out. So I asked my beautiful wife today on the way to church. I said, baby, if I say to you this word, pour, versus pour out, what does it say to you? 
She said, well, if you tell me to pour, you're leaving the amount up to me. But if you're telling me to pour out, you are telling me to empty myself. Some of you are giving a little and God's saying, give it all. Some of you are giving a little bit of your life to the Lord. God saying, give it all. Some of you are giving a little of your heart to Jesus. God says, give it all. Some of you are giving a little of your time to the Lord. God says, give it all. Give me everything and watch what I will do for you. You ought to tell somebody next to you, pour it all out. Pour it all out. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, somebody ought to lift their hands because he's pouring out right now. He's pouring out right now. What's in your house? What is in your house? Thank you, Jesus. You still got some oil. Pastor Rick came to tell you, you still got some hope. You still have some light. You still have some future. Don't give up now. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep speaking faith. So I looked at this idea of pouring out. And I went to Jacob. I'm almost done, but you ain't got nothing to do no way. We might as well have brought barbecue pits out here and got some pulled pork sandwiches. You ain't got nothing to do. Sit here and listen to me preach. Hey Amen. Just relax, honey. What you gonna do? Go home and turn on the TV again? Cut your grass again? Some people cutting their grass four or five times a day. Watch this. In Genesis 35, 14, the Bible says Jacob set up a pillar in the place. Everybody shout in the place. Where he had spoken with God. A pillar of stone. That's Bethel. That's the house of God. And watch what it says. He poured out a drink offering on it. And he also poured oil on it. There are memorials in your life that you need to look back on and realize. If God brought you through sickness before, are you going to tell me he can't do it again, coach? He's done it before. He's going to do it again. He was faithful the last time. He's going to be faithful this time. Last time was pain in your back. This time is a pandemic that changed the world. He can bring you through a pandemic just like he can bring you through pain. You don't serve a small God. You serve a big God. Somebody shall pour it out. I went to Psalm 22:14. David said, I am poured out like water. I am poured out like water. The Lord asked me this morning, Ricky, Ricky. Two people call me Ricky, my wife and God. When is the last time you poured out your whole self before me? And I knew what he meant. He meant don't go in your office at your house and pray, Lord, touch the people. And Lord, bless the people. And Lord, keep the people. No. When is the last time you prayed until you were travailing before me? And you were pouring out your soul like Hannah did in the temple of God. When is the last time you poured out until nothing was left in you as you interceded for people? Pour out. Say those two words again. Pour out. Whew. Yeah, that's right. 
the psalm says, pour out your praise to the majesty of God. Lift your hands right now, please. If you're watching us on our live stream platforms, and there's thousands of you that watch every week, stop asking, what can I get? Stop asking, how can I hold on? No, 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 no. Ask God, how can you give? How can you pour out? Whew. Your future depends on you pouring out. Whew. Your whole life depends on what you give. Your whole life depends on what you pour out. Are you going to be a drink offering today? Are you going to be like David and pour out your soul to the Lord? See, all things are possible to the person who learns how to. Let's all stand and lift those hands. Come on. Come on, singers. God, we love you today. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going I'm to give an altar call. Yes, I am. If this is, hold up now. If this is your word, you keep that social distancing. Move that six feet to ten feet. But this is your word? Walk down here and just stand about 10 feet apart. Come on down here. This is your word today. You say, Pastor Rick, I needed this message today. Just come. We, we don't want you to get scared. Ain't nobody going to touch you. There you go. You can just, There you go. If you just step out like that, that's good. That's good. I see you moving. This is your word. What's in your house? What's in, Everything you need is in your house. I think God is saying, I got you in your house right now to make you look at what you have and stop looking everywhere else look back to me your source God is saying pour out your heart to me I am your God and I will deliver cry out to me and I will rescue you quit crying out for a stimulus check quit crying out to your government quit crying out to other souls turn your soul to the Lord and cry out to him and he will bring us out. Get back in your house and see what's in your house. Everything you need is everything you have. Come on, sing it, y'all. Come on, lift those hands and let's worship. That's right. So we pour out. those hands up as we sing it this time Woo! and you pouring out your praise I hear the Holy Ghost saying I'm going to pour in my power as you pour out your praise God saying I'm going to pour in my power what's that mean praise him like you've never praised him before empty yourself like you've never emptied yourself before right here in this parking lot as you pour out going to pour in. Hallelujah. So we pour out. We pour out. 
Jesus, everybody. Everybody, I say praise the Lord. Everybody, to all of our guests, we love you and we pray you've enjoyed the service and the power of God touched you today. You serve a God that is alive, He's not dead, He's not served by human religion and tradition. He's a God that's right there next to you. He's a God that is alive. He's a God that loves you unconditionally. And if you are a guest, we pray you experience the love and power of God today. The love from his people and power from him. Woo. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. If you're watching us online, join that 100 and something people that have given their life to Jesus over the last few weeks. If you're in this parking lot today, receive Jesus as your Savior. Jesus was crucified on a cross. Woo! His blood poured out of his side. Mm. Woo! They stretched him across that cross, pierced his side, and blood poured out for you. They buried that Jesus in a tomb, and three days later, he rose again for you. And all he asked of you is that you live for him. He died so you can live. If you've never prayed this prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, every eye closed, every head bowed, everyone pray with Pastor Rick today. And say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I ask you 
to forgive me of all of my sins. Clean me up. I've tried to run my own life and I have failed. I'm asking you to take control. Cleanse me of anything that is ungodly. Take control of my life. The Bible says, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I would be saved. I believe and I say, Jesus is Lord. So I receive you now as my Savior. I receive you now as my Lord. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a believer and follow you all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord, for saving me today. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you're in this parking lot, let someone know next to you that you did that so that we can get your information. And for all of you that prayed that online, please let us know you prayed it. Please let us know you prayed it. Join that 100 and something people that's already been saved. Guys, next week we will be online for Mother's Day. And let me say something before you just turn around and walk off. Mother's Day and Martin Luther King Sundays are my two favorite days of the year to preach. I'm sorry, that's just me. I love to preach on them two days. For me to miss Mother's Day in church is like taking a bottle from a baby that's feeding. I'm going to cry because I love Mother's Day because I know how, how dear my mother was to me. She prayed me to this platform. She alone prayed me to hear so to not be able to honor her in a congregation is going to be challenging. We are doing the best we can. We get all kind of feedback from all kind of people. But we are listening to people who are very well connected. We're listening to the wisdom of other pastors. We're doing the best we can. Please be patient. Please don't give up. Oh, I feel God here, man. I believe that breeze right there is the Lord just breathing on this parking lot. I believe that. I believe that. So don't give up on your church. Don't get mad at the way we're doing things. We, we're doing the best we can do. We're trying to use the best wisdom we can use. And we're not trying to offend anybody. We just want to do right. So on the 17th, if you hear different, you'll know. If not, then we'll do what Crystal said we're going to do. I would tell you to high-five and hug somebody, but I'm not going to do that. Just wave at somebody and tell them what's in your house. When you walk in your door today, you're going to feel different about your house after this service. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Success to you and success to the kingdom. God bless you today. Church of the Harvest. What's the name of it? Church of the Harvest. That's my buddy. But he has been so diligent. Right, Britt? Man, you have worked like you belong to our own house, our own family, Jonathan. He sets all this up for us. Clap your hands for Jonathan, please. He's back. I know he don't want me doing this, but you are, you're cool too, brother. We love you, man. All right, guys, success to you and success to the kingdom. God bless you today.